Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. Praise the Lord. I had a message already called the team. I told my, I said, tell the team I'm 99% sure this is what I'm going to preach. This shows you how much I know. I changed it all Monday. I hope the Holy Spirit changed. We hope so. I think he did. I was going to stand. Lord told me this because I want to talk to you. So let's pray. Lord, I love my Milestone family. So just yesterday, Jeff and Brandy were coming to our home barbecuing. No kids. So proud of them, this great team what you're doing here. Help us, amen. I'm going to entitle this message, Consecration. Kind of like a word prepare in some ways. I'm going to ask a question. We'll talk. Who will present themselves to the Lord in 2024? Presents a powerful word in Scripture. That presents sacrifices You know, Aaron presented his sons to the Lord. It's just like an act of, okay, here I am, whatever you want, I won't hold back. I want to help you understand why we're coming into another unusual year. How many of you know we've had plenty of unusual years of late? And I'll break this basically into three parts. I'm going to talk about this context of the miraculous season I believe we're entering, and I'm gonna talk about the crisis we face, and lastly, our course. Romans 12.1, Paul appeals. Take the whole book of Romans, all the things that have happened for us in Christ, and he says, listen, by the mercies of God, I'm asking you to present your whole being as a sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, It's the greatest act of worship. How many of you enjoyed worship tonight? A lot of you lifted your hands, you worship. How many of you wish you could bring Betsy like and you just rub this little little lamp and Betsy would appear and lead worship in your home every day? Wouldn't that be great? You know, unfortunately, you got something better than Betsy. You got the Holy Spirit. You just rub that Bible and begin to pray. There he'll be and help you. It says, do your best, 2 Timothy 2.15, to present yourselves to God as one approved. Do your best. You won't need to be ashamed because you're rightly handling that Bible. You're reading it as being taught to you. Tonight, many of us raised our hands. Why do we do that? Well, it's an act of surrender. But the greatest, sac- the greatest gift God from you in not your mouth. He just wants you. I want to help you understand and talk you through why should we present ourselves to the Lord and how's that really possible? How's that happen? We're in a very unusual season pandemics, 
we went through wars, economy. For those of you who are younger, 20s, teens, I mean, you're, you've grown up in the shadow of 9-11. Who would have thought we would be 9-11 frisk to go to airplanes, going through metal detectors. The second worst economy since the Great Depression and the worst pandemic since the Spanish flu. And last few years have just rocked the world. But in the middle of all that rocking and shaking, God's preparing the world for an unusual infusion of his Holy Spirit. I don't want to stay out. My first glimpse happened at the end of 2018 when the Lord began to speak to me and he shares things with me. You're going to learn about hearing God. He just talked to me about the next few years coming to the earth and the shaking in America and the, the ethnic pain that would come. It's the end of 2018 and 17 months. But the one thing I never lost sight of was God spoke to me then. America's going to be so polarized, Jim. So much pain. People are going to wonder, are you going to fall into like a civil war anarchy? But let me tell you this. The one thing America is going to fall into is a move of my Holy Spirit, which touches this nation. And so I, you know, I, I look back on those things. We, we got into 2022 and I've been with Pastor Jake. We did communion in 2021 and the Lord has spoken to me. He said, listen, I'm going to come to accelerate my church for 36 months. That 36 month of that begins the day of the next presidential election. He said, Jim, as you bust out of that 36 months, the power of my Holy Spirit is going to begin to sweep in an unusual way. You know, you hold on to those things. Um, say a couple more things that I'm going to be very practical. We're in the, the beginning stages of what's come to America multiple times since the inception of this country, where God, by his mercy, at a critical juncture, pours out his Holy Spirit in the macro. You know, as I prayed and pondered these things, I'll never forget what happened to me in August of 2022. I don't think anybody knew that Queen of England was sick. I was in Birmingham, Alabama, and I just began to pray, Jesus, revive America, revive the world I believe you're going to, like, I, I believe you're going to touch our loved ones, save people. I just really believe you are. Next thing you knew, I, I had the UK on my heart. It's like, and sometimes, you know, the Lord will show you things. All the UK was weeping, sobbing, broken. I said, my gosh, who's died? She said, don't be afraid, Jim. I'm going to step into that situation. I've not forgotten the world. I'll touch the UK. I'm going to touch the world. A week later, he said, when the Queen of England dies, you'll know that my hand is coming to touch that planet. I've held on to these things. January of last year, 1.45 in the morning, I woke up. I, you know, and I had sinus surgery. I was sleeping in a chair. Pretty easy to wake up. Woke up and the Holy Spirit said, come out to your office and pray. He said, Jim, the sabers are going to rattle in 2023. War is going to scare the world. 
Many are going to wonder, it's like, this is the end. He said, let me tell you right now, it's not. I'm going to move by my spirit. I'm going to move by my spirit. Some of you have heard of maybe the Jesus Revolution movie. That was like my own revolution. And so God's been touching thousands and thousands of young people. So we're coming into a season, beloved, as the Holy Spirit is poured out like waves over our country. You've had some at Milestone, quite honestly, especially among your young people. It just creates, it creates when the waves of the Holy Spirit come, it creates a reverse tide that draws you farther and deeper. But here's the real issue. How many of you know our nation needs to be touched? No matter what your political persuasion, no matter how you see that, um, and I'm, I'm fairly happy to have Jesus as my president, but may I tell you, political parties aren't going to save us. One may be better than the other, and you vote your conscience, but if anything is proven, they can't save us. In fact, if we just spend more time praying and less time politicking, the country might be in a better place. So the real issue is this. The issue is not whether God's going to touch our country. The issue is not whether God's going to touch. As for Milestone, what a year of blessing you have ahead. Hundreds more saved. Space problems again. That's another story. God's hand's just on this church. The real question is, Will we choose to fully participate in 2024 and then going into 2025? Will we? It's interesting in Luke 18, 7 and 8, God says, I'm always going to give justice to my elect. Those who cry out day and night, I won't delay long over them. Of course, how many of you know long to the Lord is a little different than long to you? Like I'm coming soon. Okay, that's encouraging. 2,000 years ago. He'll give justice to them speedily. I found in my own life the Lord is pretty glacial, it seems like. But when he finally moves, it's fast. Okay. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? When he comes to touch a broken America. When he comes to touch something broken in your life for your family and you've been praying and praying, will you still have faith to cooperate with him? When he slips down, I'll never forget Kathy's dad was a huge war hero, one of the most powerful men in Washington, all of it. I married her, he was an agnostic. We prayed every night for 20 something years. At 80, he turned to Christ. Will you have faith when God moves? Jesus says in Isaiah 6, 3, 3, 5, he says, Isaiah said, the Lord came down in the earth to move. He answered prayer, he came down, but when he got down there, no one was gonna help him. He got down and looked around and people, things had gotten so bad and so broken, faith was so hurt, Lord said, man, where has all the people been praying for me? Hosea 13, 13, profound verse. It says, the pangs of childbirth come for him. Now, we know pregnancy in, in the Bible and birth 
it can be spiritual, like birthing something, God birthing his people. So there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of birth pangs, but he is an unwise son. You could say she is an unwise daughter, why? For at the right time, they refused to present themselves at the opening of the womb. What's that mean? That, as you know, birth can be so rough, as you ladies know, that that baby can hardly, I mean, just broken down. Sometimes there's C-sections. Right now, the world is in birth pangs. The world is rocking. How easy do you think, how, how easy do you think it would be for God to bring our nation to this point? People are afraid. People are divided. And the problem is, by the time divine birth pangs come, it's gotten so hard, it's gotten so scary that the people of God are so weary they can't present themselves. No matter what you've gone through, and the fact of it is we're not just watching God deal with our nation corporately. Many of you have had tough years. You had plenty of trial, plenty of tribulation. And many times the birth pangs of God in our life are so weary, are so hard that when the moment comes to present ourselves, we're just tired. I'm reminded of that woman in 1 Samuel. I can't remember her name. But it's a terrible time in Israel. They've lost the ark of God. And her father-in-law's been killed. Her husband's been killed. And she's pregnant. And birth pains are coming on her. And the, and the midwife says, listen, baby, don't die. Don't give up. God's going to burst something out of you in all this pain. But she succumbed to the pain. Don't succumb to the pain. Don't allow your faith to be shaken. Because we stand at the doorway of a national touch by the Holy Spirit. If this is the case, and it is. How do we line up with that? How do you walk in that? I want to talk to you about Elijah the prophet for a moment. I want to talk about his context first. And we're not going to turn there to take too long. But you'll see different scriptures up there you can look at for yourself later. I know you think you have it bad. But trust me, compared to him you don't. He lived at a time in Israel and Samaria where there were 7,000 humans that hadn't bowed to Baal. You think, oh, Pastor Jim, America's unchristian now. We got millions of us here. It had grown so dark, there were 7,000 left. The president's wife were Ahab and Jezebel. It wasn't just immoral, immorality become an act of worship. Pastors slash prophets were hunted down and murdered. It got so bad, they were hidden in caves. Nation gone. Murder, death, prostitution glorified. That was the world he was born into. God spoke to him. He said, I'm going to use you, son, to begin to change your nation. May I tell you, beloved, 
Christianity's very little to do with improbabilities or probabilities and everything to do with impossibilities. We serve the God who raises the dead, who brought a virgin birth. Now, his calling was to stand up in that dark moment alone and make a difference. You go, I'm alone at work. You weren't that alone. And it wasn't like a, like a happy come visit milestone for your Bible study. He said, I want you to go tell the president and his wife that they're wicked and they're in sin. And I'm going to bring a three and a half year drought. How many of you know that's just not happy news? Stands up. Thus saith the Lord, this nation is going to come under economic disaster. That's not a happy word. You're not going to have a drop of rain for three and a half years. The next three and a half years, they hunt him like an animal. He lives by a brook and ravens are feeding him. They're murdering pastors. Everything growing darker. No water. He finally, God slips him out of Israel. He goes back to Jezebel's hometown. Just imagine that one place in the world you'd never want to live. That's where he left. He's hiding out there, multiplying food and raising the dead. Three and a half years. God says, I want you to go and present yourself to the president and confront him. They're hunting equal. I'm a little afraid to invite someone to church, really. I'm just like really kind of afraid, pastor. Just imagine this. He goes and gets the one godly man on the, the president's council. So I want to see the president. He goes, hey, baby, I ain't taking you there. He's searching all over the world to kill you. He's got squads of hitmen that have come to every nation. He confronts him. And this precipitates his greatest crisis. He says, you sinned against God. I'm confronting you now. We're going on top of this mountain. And we're going to find out who's God. You can read all about it for yourself. 1 Kings 18, 19 through 19. Read it. They get up to Mount Carmel. He basically says this. Whatever God can make fire fall is the real God. Hundreds of prophets of Baal, cavorting, dancing, cutting themselves. Nothing happens. He stands up all by himself. One man against the tide of hell. Puts up a sacrifice. Looks up. Fire consumes it. Massive political victory. The Baal parties just wiped. He feels, man, I've got political victory. Oh my gosh, we're winning politically. If that wasn't enough, he runs up to another mountain and prays and it rains. Surely that's going to change the nation. Surely, I mean, fire falling, rain coming, political victory, here we go. He wakes up the next day, having had his biggest church service, his greatest meeting. I mean, thousands saying, we want to come back to Jehovah. 
But Jezebel, still on the throne, she sends a messenger to him. By tomorrow, I'll kill you. You see, one of the hardest places you'll ever be in is feel like, man, I could, I could never do better than I just did, but I haven't seen the difference yet. Pastor Jim, I've been living right. I haven't fully seen the difference yet. We're having all these great services and all these things, and here we come into another polarizing election. And here's a man that has just confronted a whole nation, and he's paralyzed by fear. You ever been paralyzed by fear? You ever faced some impossibility with a dying child, a dying wife, dying yourself? I've been in all three. You're just afraid. And a man who just confronted a whole nation broke down. And the Bible says he ran for his life and came to Beersheba. In fact, when he got there, he left his servant, isolated himself. And he went a day's journey into the wilderness and sat down under a broom tree and said, God, kill me. That's it. He said, take my life. I'm no better than my dad. I'm no better than my family. I thought I got saved. I thought it would change me, but I'm still afraid. How many of you have ever been under the broom tree? Afraid. Hurting. So I look at the church in America, many of them weary. They look at the year we're coming into and they wonder, they look at the war in Ukraine and what's happening in the Middle East and all these things. What would God say to you as you come into this year? If the Lord tarries, one day they'll look back in American history say these last few years were among the most critical in the life of our whole nation. Here's the course I want to put you on. He lay down and slept under a broom tree. I'm saying these things to you now this year. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him. How many of you know it's pretty rare for an angel to touch you the person that touches you is typically Pastor Jeff. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your small group leader. Maybe it's another person on staff. It says, arise and eat. If you are going to be sustained in this coming year, I want to tell you now, arise and eat. That's not it. By the way, I'm not getting you off the fast early. <laughs> and he looked and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on stones and a jar of water. I mean, you got an angel. I mean, you talk, talk about home delivery. This old angel's come. He's cooking for him. He ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. May I say, we're coming into a period where the journey may feel too great. Arise and eat the living word. Arise and come to the house of God. How much Bible I need? Twice as much this year. Arise and feed your spirit. Y'all want to bring Milestone home. What makes Milestone, Milestone is not just you. It's the fact that the Holy Spirit is present here and the word is preached. And perhaps if you were speaking the word in your own home, worshiping in your own home, what the difference would be. 
May I tell you, arise and eat. Confess that Bible. Read that Bible. Speak that Bible. Get in a small group. The journey's too much for you. And typically, historically, the journey into revival, the journey into God transforming a family is so arduous. It's so hard that if we don't arise and eat, our faith seems to falter. Say, Pastor Jim, like when they told me, you told your wife was dying, what'd you do? I arose and ate. When your son was dying in your arms, what did you do? I arose and ate. You must arise. You say, man, I'd like an angelic meal. That's nothing. Jesus is the bread of life. You meet him in the Bible. You meet him in the word. Arise and eat. Double up on your devotions. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that one meal 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. And 40 days is a pretty interesting thing in the Bible. Jesus, 40 days in the wilderness. Israel, 40 years in the wilderness. What's he saying here? You double up on the word, it's gonna bring you through the most arduous periods in your life. May I tell you tonight, beloved, Sooner or later, you're going to run. And when you run, I encourage you to run in the right direction. In the middle of his crisis, he thought, I've got to go to the one place I can find God. He thought, that, maybe that's the same mountain old Moses was on in Horeb. I'm going to that place. I'm going to find him. God's going to meet me. When crisis comes, run in the right direction. Run to the house of God. Run to your Bible. Run to your small group. You may be afraid, let it drive you in the right direction. I've had all the bad phone calls. We think widespread your, your cancer better your wife's brain. We got no hope for your son in neonatal intensive care. By the way, you have an autoimmune disease. You're destroyed. Quit working in your 30s. It's never driven me away. I double up on that living word. I double up on the presence. Let me tell you, there's never grace to run from God. Supernatural grace comes when you're running in the right direction. There's a grace. It says in the strength of that one meal, he ran 40 days. Then he came to a cave. He lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, I just love the fact that you're going into a series called Hearing God, I Saw the Billboards. We'll talk about that for a minute. Like, what are you doing here, Elijah? Well, I've been very jealous for you. I've really served you. But you know, pretty much everyone else has forsaken you. My country's a mess. I'm a mess. You know, they've torn down your altars. They've Killed most of your prophets. I'm not the only one left I know. I'm the only one in this trial. I'm the only one in this hard place of life. I'm the only one that's had a year like that. Look at me. And the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain of prepare. 
I got something to say to you tonight, son. You think you don't realize you're standing on the cusp of national transformation. Standing on the cusp of God's blessing. And behold, the Lord passed by him. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. Talk about shaking. But the Lord went in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. Everything began to shake. But God went in that earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Typically, our life is moved by that which is external, not that which was eternal. You've been all your life trying to keep things from shaking. All your life trying to put fires out. All your life, like which way is the wind blowing? And we're so led by that which is external, we can't get in touch with the eternal, which comes internally. But he knew it. He waited. He's a low ebb. Remember, 40 days before, he asked God to kill him. And all of a sudden, watch this. After the fire... There was a low whisper. And when he heard it, he wrapped his face in a cloak and presented himself. Why did he wrap his face in a cloak? Because he knew the voice of God. And he, he knew God was out there waiting for him and he, he didn't want to try to look upon him. And he stood at the entrance of the cave. I mean, you've got it made here. There are thousands of us all standing before the Lord. What about the only one with your friends slaughtered? down to 7,000 Christians. He stood at the entrance of a cave in the beginning of national transformation. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you going to do? God's speaking to hundreds of you tonight. Not just through my voice or Pastor Jeff's voice or Betsy leading worship by his Holy Spirit right now. You say, Pastor Jim, why don't God just holler at me? Well, from time to time, how do you know Jesus, the Father would holler at Jesus and no one else would catch it. They'd think it thundered. Why is God seemingly whispering? What's that mean? It's because he wants you to focus. He wants you to learn to live in the eternal and hear the internal, not live by the external, driven by every wind shaking in fire. Let me say three things about that. Let me talk about headspace. I want you to make space tonight for the fact, as you're going to hear soon this next series, God really does talk to us. 
Yes, he talks to us through preaching, teaching. Yes, talks to us through the Bible, God's authoritative word. But there are times this Holy Spirit will whisper scripture to you. How many of you have heard that before? You ever heard scripture come to your mind? You say, well, not much. Read it more. Give him something to work with now. <laughs> Speaks to you. Jesus said this. I just love this. He said, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own. My own know me. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. He said this. The shepherd goes before them. The sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow. Many Christians have trouble following God because he's a stranger to them. As you stand at the door of the new year, the Holy Spirit's reminding you of sermons, dropping scripture, speaking to your faith. You say, Pastor Jim, how do I know the Holy Spirit speaking to me? How do I know? I call it spiritual heartburn. There in Luke 20, how many of you have ever had heartburn before? How many of you can tell when you have heartburn? Some disciples were walking with Jesus. He was right in front of them in Luke. They had heard him preach. They had seen him. You think if he could just appear to me, I'd recognize him. You probably wouldn't. Because unbelief is not typically dealt with by something you see in the external. And their eyes were open and they recognized him when he did communion. He vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn when he talked to us and opened the Bible? When God begins to whisper to you, when the word of God, then reading the word daily for 61 years. My parents made me read it every day since I was eight. If that wasn't enough, we all had to read the Bible with food on the table, and my younger siblings learned to read in the Bible while I starved. Got married, my wife said, why don't, we ever, why don't we pray over food? I said, I'm traumatized by praying over food in my family. You say, how much do you read the word? Till my heart burns. And when God begins to speak, when God says, my word's like a fire, when the fire of the word touches the oil of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, it burns away the haze. It burns away unbelief. He's speaking tonight till your heart burns. And I use another H, but I'm going to say this. If I want my heart to burn even more, I don't just read the word. I confess the word. Why? It says, since we have the same spirit of faith according to what's been written, I believe, so I spoke. I also believe and speak. It says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why through him we utter the amen. Beloved, every promise is given to us in Jesus. I do not sit around begging God for what I need. I confess what he said. I wake up every morning and confess to my heart burns. I go to bed every night and confess to my heart burns. Unbelief burns away. Faith arises. He said, he knows God's talking. He says the same thing again. I'm, 
I'm kind of the only one not forsook you. You know, it's just me. My life's been hard. Here I am at Milestone. Like I even tied this year. I'm coming to the meetings, man. Things have gotten worse. My prayers haven't been answered. You know, man, by the way, you're not the only one. Let me tell you this. Go, return. Go back the way you came this year. Don't be afraid. I'm speaking to you. I'm calling you. I'm touching you. But you're going to go something different. As you go back into 2024, my word's going to be in you. My spirit's going to be on you. But here's what I want you to do. Watch this. is powerful. And the Lord said to him, go return. And when you arrive, anoint Haziel to be a king. He'll be the king. Jehu, son of Nimshi, you're going to anoint to be the king of Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shapat, of Abel Maloa, a brilliant businessman, you're going to anoint him and disciple him. And whoever escapes from Haziel and Jehu, he'll finish off. What did God say? I want you to go back and make a disciple. I want you to go back and reproduce yourself. Because in that simple act of reaching out to a young businessman named Elisha, who followed God, all of Israel was transformed. We stand. So we departed from there, found Elisha, the son of Shabbat, plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. He was a rich young businessman. 12 different oxen teams. He was with the 12th. And Elijah passed by cast his cloak upon him, cast the Bible on him, cast an invitation to church on him, cast something to small group, invited him, come learn to hear God. People so desperate to hear God. The rest is history. Here's why. Sooner or later, if you want traction, you've got to bring action. Elisha followed him. Let me summarize this. coming to a transformative year in American history. Yes, it'll be challenging, but you're not to be afraid. There's a growing tailwind of the Holy Spirit pushing us forth. We'll see more people saved, more people discipled. Oh, that's great. But will you present yourself to the Lord? Not just your three-day fast. Here I am. I want your word. Here I am. I want to make a disciple. Here I am. I want to read till my heart burns. Here I am. Not alone. Enemy wants to isolate you. Isolation always leads to desolation. Gets you alone. I'm asking Pastor Jeff to come up with me now. Tonight, as we come, entering 2024, which will prove to be a critical year in American history, 2025 even more so, you say to me, Pastor, I'm presenting myself to the Lord. Whatever he wants from me, I say yes. Pastor, I want to hear his whisper. I want the Bible to be quickened to me. Pastor, I'm going back into this year to make a disciple. You'd say, how many of that's you? You want to present yourself to the Lord.
If your hands are up, stand up everywhere in the room. Stand to your feet. What a year we're walking into. The real crisis we face is not will God do his part. It's will we do our part. Raise your hands if you're comfortable. Say this, Jesus, I present myself to you. I come out of my cave, no matter what I've gone through. I will not be moved by earthquakes, by fires, by storms and winds. I stand at the door of this year. I say, here I am. I offer my life as a sacrifice to you. I want to reproduce a disciple. I want to hear you. I'm going to pray. Let me say this again. Beloved. He said, well, if Jesus could just appear to me, I'd recognize him. They didn't. We always want to bring Jesus into our external world, render realities even more clear on our internal world. Paul says, I don't live by what I see. It's all fading away anyway. I'm going to pray. These are your people. My milestone family. And I raise my hands along with Pastor Jeff. We stand at the door of 2024. Here we are. We offer ourselves to you. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.